Hello friends, this is Varsha Steak and it's simple. In this episode, I've come with the reading of chapter 12 from The Psychology of Money by Morgan Cusel. The chapter is Surprise. History is the study of change, ironically used as a map of the future. Stanford professor Scott Sagan once said something everyone who follows the economy or investment markets should hang on their wall. Things that have never happened before happen all the time. History is mostly the study of surprising events, but it is often used by investors and economists as an unassailable guide to the future. Do you see the irony? Do you see the problem? It is smart to have a deep appreciation for economic and investing history. History helps us calibrate our expectations, study where people tend to go wrong and offers a rough guide of what tends to work. But it is not in any way a map of the future. A trap many investors fall into is what I call historians as prophets fallacy. An over-reliance on past data as a signal to future conditions in a field where innovation and change are the lifeblood of progress. You can't blame investors for doing this. If you view investing as a hard science, history should be a perfect guide to the future. Geologists can look at a billion years of historical data and form models of how the earth behaves. So can meteorologists and doctors. Kidneys operate the same way in 2020 as they did in 1020. But investing is not a hard science. It's a massive group of people making imperfect decisions with limited information about things that will have a massive impact on their well-being, which can make even smart people nervous, greedy and paranoid. Richard Fenman, the great physicist, once said, imagine how much harder physics would be if electrons had feelings. Well, investors have feelings quite a few of them. That's why it's hard to predict what they'll do next based solely on what they did in the past. The cornerstone of economics is that things change over time because the invisible hand hates anything staying too good or too bad indefinitely. Investor Bill Bonner once described how Mr. Market works. He's got a capitalism at work t-shirt on on and a sledgehammer in his hand. Few things stay the same for very long, which means we can't treat historians as prophets. The most important driver of anything tied to money is the stories people tell themselves and the preferences they have for goods and services. Those things don't tend to sit still. They change with culture and generation. They are always changing and always will. 
the metal, mental trick we play on ourselves here is an over admiration of people who have been there done that when it comes to money experiencing specific events does not necessarily qualify you to know what will happen next in in fact it rarely does because experience leads to overconfidence more than forecasting abilities investor michael batnick once explained this well confronted with the argument that few investors are prepared for rising interest rates because they have never experienced them the last big period of rising interest rates occurred almost 40 years ago he argued that it didn't matter because experiencing or even studying what happened in the past might not serve as any guide to what will happen when rates rise in the future so what will the current rate hike look like the last one or the one before that will different asset classes behave similarly the same or the exact opposite on the one hand people that have been investing through the events of 1987 2000 and 2008 have experienced a lot of different markets on the other hand isn't it possible that this experience can lead to overconfidence failing to admit you have you are wrong anchoring to previous outcomes two dangerous things happen when you rely too heavily on investment history as a guide to what's going to happen next first you likely miss the outlier events that move the needle the most The most important events in historical data are the big outliers, the record-breaking events. They are what move the needle in the economy and the stock market. The Great Depression, World War II, the dot-com bubble, September 11th, the housing crash of the mid-2000s, a handful of outliers, events play an enormous role because they influence so many unrelated events in their wake 15 billion people were born in the 19th and the 20th century but try to imagine how different the global economy and the whole world would be today if just seven of them never existed and they are adolf hitler joseph stalin mao zedong gavrilo Principe, Thomas Edison, Bill Gates, Martin Luther King. I'm not even sure that's the most meaningful list, but almost everything about the world today, from borders to technology to social norms, would be different if these seven people hadn't left their mark. Another way to put this is that 0.000004% of people were responsible for perhaps the majority of the world's direction over the last century the same goes for projects innovations and events imagine the last century without the great depression world war 2 the manhattan project vaccines antibiotics arpanet september 11th the fall of the soviet union How many projects and events occurred in the 20th century? 
billions, trillions, who knows? Who knows? But those eight alone impacted the world, orders upon orders of magnitude more than others. The thing that makes tail events easy to underappreciate is how easy it is to underestimate how things compound. How, for example, 9 by 11 prompted the Federal Reserve to cut interest rates which helped drive the housing bubble, which led to the financial crisis, which led to a poor jobs market, which led tens of millions to seek a college education, which led to $1.5 trillion in student loans with a 10.8% default rate. It's not intuitive to link 19 hijackers to the current weight of student loans, but that's what happens in a world driven by a few outlier tail events. The majority of what's happening at any given moment in the global economy can be tied back to a handful of past events that were nearly impossible to predict. The most common plot of economic history is the role of surprises. The reason surprises occur is not because our models are wrong or our intelligence is low. It's because the odds that Adolf Hitler's parents argued on the evening nine months before he was born were the same as them conceiving a child. Technology is hard to predict because Bill Gates may have died from polio if Jonas Salk got cranky and gave up on his quest to find a vaccine. The reason we couldn't predict the student loan growth is because an airport security guard may have confiscated a hijacker's knife on 9-11. That's all there is to it. The problem is that we often use events like the Great Depression and World War II to guide our views of things like worst-case scenarios when thinking about future investment returns. But those record-setting events had no precedent uh, when they occurred. So the forecaster who assumes the worst and best events of the past will match the worst and best events of the future is not following history. They are accidentally assuming that the history of unprecedented events doesn't apply to the future. Nassim Taleb writes in his book, Fooled by Rand Randon Randomness, Okay, Nassim Taleb writes in his book, Fooled by Randomness. In in Pharaonic Egypt, scribes tracked the high water mark of the Nile and used it as an estimate for a future worst case scenario. The same can be seen in the Fukushima nuclear reactor which experienced a catastrophic failure in 2011 when a tsunami struck. It had been built to withstand the worst past historical earthquake with the builders not imagining much worse 
and not thinking that the worst past event had to be a surprise as it had no precedent okay here i finish my chapter 12 half of it and i'll continue in the in the next episode so thank you for listening friends and see you in the next episode Hello friends welcome back to Varsha's take and it is simple so i'm going to continue with the reading of chapter 12 surprise from the book the psychology of money by morgan husel so here we go this is not a failure of analysis it's a failure of imagination realizing the future might not look anything like the past is a special kind of skill that is not generally looked highly upon by the financial forecasting community at a 2017 dinner i attended in the new york in new york daniel kahneman was asked how investors should respond when our forecasts are wrong he said whenever we are surprised by something even if we admit that we made a mistake we say oh i'll never make that mistake again but in fact what you should learn when you make a mistake because you did not anticipate something is that the world is difficult to anticipate that's the correct lesson to learn from surprises that the world is surprising the correct lesson to learn from surprises is that the world is surprising not that we should use past surprises as a guide to future boundaries that we should use past surprises and, and as an admission that we have no idea what might happen next The most important economic events of the future, things that will move the needle the most, are things that history gives us little to no guide about. They will be unprecedented events. Their unprecedented nature means we won't be prepared for them, which is part of what makes them so impactful. This is true for both scary uh, for both scary events like recessions and wars and great events like innovation i am confident in that predicament prediction because surprises moving the needle the most is the one forecast that's been accurate virtually every point in history point number 2 is history can be a misleading guide to the future of the economy and stock market because it doesn't account for structural changes that are relevant to today's world consider a few big ones the 401k is 42 years old the roth ira is younger created in the 1990s 
so personal financial advice and analysis about how americans save for retirement today is not directly comparable to what made sense just a generation ago we have new options things changed or take venture capital it barely existed 25 years ago there are single venture capital funds today that are larger than the entire industry was a generation ago in his memoir nike founder phil knight wrote about his early days in business there was no such thing as venture capital an aspiring young entrepreneur had very few places to turn and those places were all guarded by risk averse gatekeepers with zero imagination in other words bankers what this means in effect is that all historical data going back just a few decades about how startups are financed is out of date what we know about investment cycles and startup failures rates is not a deep base of history to learn from because the way companies are fun- funded today is such a new historical paradigm or take public markets the s&p 500 did not include financial stocks until 1976 today financials make up 16% of the index technology stocks were virtually non-existent 50 years ago today they are more than a fifth of the index accounting rules have changed over time so have disclosures auditing and the amount of market liquidity things changed the time between us recession has changed dramatically over the last 150 years The average time between recessions has grown from about 2 years in the late 1800s to 5 years in the early 20th century to 8 years over the last half century. As I write this, it looks like we are going into recession 12 years since the last recession began in December 2007. That's the longest gap between recessions since before the civil war. There are plenty of theories on why recessions have become less frequent. One is that the Fed is better at managing the business cycles or at least extending it. Another is that heavy industry is more prone to boom and bust over production than the service industries that dominated the last 50 years the pessimistic view is that we now have fewer recessions but when they occur they are more powerful than before for our argument it doesn't particularly matter what caused the change change what matters is that things clearly changed to show how these historic changes should affect investing decisions consider the work of a man many believe to be one of the greatest investment minds of all time benjamin graham 
Graham's classic book, The Intelligent Investor, is more than theory. It gives practical directions like formulas investors can use to make smart investing decisions. I read Graham's book when I was a teenager, learning about investing for the first time. The formulas presented in the book were appealing to me because they were literally step-by-step instructions on how to get rich. Just follow the instructions. It seemed so easy. But something becomes clear when you try applying some of these formulas. Few of them actually work. Graham advocated purchasing stocks trading for less than their net working assets. Basically, cash in the bank minus all debts. This sounds great, but few stocks actually trade that cheaply anymore. Other than, say, a penny stock accused of accounting fraud. One of Graham's criteria instructs conservative investors to avoid stocks trading for more than 1.5 times book value. If you followed this rule over the last decade, you would have owned almost nothing but insurance and bank stocks. There is no world where that is okay. The Intelligent Investor is one of the greatest investing books of all time. But I don't know a single investor who has done well implementing Graham's published formulas. The book is full of wisdom, perhaps more than any other investment book ever published. But as a how-to guide, it's questionable at best. What happened? Was Graham a showman? who sounded good but whose advice didn't work? Not at all. He was a wildly successful investor himself. But he was practical and he was a true contrarian. He wasn't so wedded to investing ideas that he'd stick with them when too many other investors got onto those theories, making them so popular as to render their potential useless. Jason Swig, who annotated a later version of Graham's book, once wrote, Graham was constantly experimenting, experimenting and retesting his assumptions and seeking out what works, not what worked yesterday, but what works today. In each revised edition of The Intelligent Investor, Graham discarded the formulas he presented in the previous edition and replaced them with new ones, declaring in a a sense that those do not work anymore or they do not work as well as they used to. These are the formulas that seem to work better now. One of the common criticisms made of Graham is that all the formulas in the 1972 edition are antiquated. The only proper response to this criticism is to say, of course they are. They are the ones he used to replace the formulas in the 1965 edition, which replaced the formulas in the 1954 edition, which in turn replaced the ones from the 1949 edition, which were used to augment the original formulas that he presented in Security Analysis in 1934. Graham died in 1976. 
if the formulas he advocated were discarded and updated five times between 1934 to 1972, how relevant do you think they are in 2020 or will, will be in 2050? Just before he died, Graham was asked whether detailed analysis of individual stocks, a tactic he became famous for, remained a strategy he favored. He answered, in general, no, I am no longer an advocate of elaborate techniques of security analysis in, old, in order to find superior value opportunities. This was a rewarding activity, say 40 years ago, when our textbook was first published. But the situation has changed a great deal since then. What changed was competition grew as opportunities became well known, technologies made information more accessible and industries changed as the economy shifted from industrial to technology sectors which have different business cycles and capital uses. Things changed. An interesting quirk of in investing history is that the further back you look the more likely you are to be examining a world that no longer applies to today many investors and economists take comfort in knowing their forecasts are backed backed up by decades even centuries of data but since economics evolve recent history is often the best guide to the future because it's more likely to include important conditions that are relevant to the future there's a common phrase in investing usually used mockingly that it's different this time if you need to rebuke uh, someone who's predicting the future won't perfectly mirror to the past say oh so you think it's different this time and drop the mic it comes from inventor john templeton's view that the four most dangerous words in investing are it's different this time templeton though admitted that it is different at least 20% of the time the world changes Of course it does and those changes are what matters most over time Michael Bat- Batnick put it the 12 most dangerous words in, in investing are the four most dangerous words in investing are it's different this time that doesn't mean we would we should ignore history when thinking about money but there's an important nuance the further back in history you look the more general your takeaways should be general things like people's relationship to greed and fear how they behave under stress and how they respond to incentives tend to be stable in time the history of money is usually for that kind of stuff but specific trends specific trades specific sectors specific casual relationships about markets and what people should do with their money are always an example of evolution and progress historians are not prophets the questions the question then is how should we think about and plan for future Let's take a look in the next chapter. Thank you friends. This was the last half of chapter 12 surprise. 
And here we end the reading. I'll come again with an episode with my take. Thank you so much for listening. Hello friends. Welcome back to the next episode of Varsha's Take. And it's simple. In this episode actually I'm going to talk to you about my take on the chapter 12 and that is surprise from the book the psychology of money history is the study of change ironically used as a map for the future so here the author is trying to give us a guideline saying that you should not rely on the historical data as to be the future guide because nobody can really predict the future so future is always a surprise for everyone and always it has been that way and when the future whatever comes in the future it's it's usually said that this has never happened before or this has happened for the first time so basically the historical data should be studied to know the general relationship of greed and fear how people behave under stress and how they respond to incentive tend tend to be stable in the previous times as well as today the history of money is useful for that kind of data but if you want to know the trends the trades the sectors the casual relationship about markets and what people should do with their money always has to keep evolving because it's always different the markets are different the companies have done in a different way the technology has Im- improved or it has advanced so nothing is the same as it was in the past so even in um, graham Graham's book of the intelligent investor What has happened is the formulas that he has given for investing are he had been every in every new edition he used to change the formulas because the previous formulas were not working for the current market and in 1976 Graham left this world so till 1972 we have the editions the updated editions of his book the intelligent investor so and if you actually go through those books you will understand that the formulas have been changed in every edition that was because graham was a very um, practical person and he wanted just to give a guideline for people so as to how you can formulate the way you invest that was the only intention so it's a beautiful guide where he tells you the basics of how you can formulate your trades or how you can formulate your investments but it it should be so very much um, pra- uh, contemporized so you have to look into the markets what the current situation is and accordingly make your own formulas the correct lesson 
to learn from surprises is that the world is surprising not that we should use past surprises as a guide to future boundaries that we should be using past surprises as an admission that we have no idea what might happen in the future then there are there are main two points here which they have mentioned the author has mentioned that you are you will likely miss the outlier events that move the needle the most so there are outlier events in the present and which have just pa- happened in the past or um, have happened in the long past far past but they have affected the market and accordingly now the market or the current market would change similarly one more point to remember is history can be a misleading guide to the future of the economy and stock market because it doesn't account for structural changes that are relevant to today's world so there is no change it doesn't account the structural changes that occur uh, depending on the today's market so that structure has changed from the past and that is not taken into account in the historical data so one has to just probably learn a few things from the history and then formulate your own trading formulas depending on today's market is the biggest take from chapter 12 surprises future is always a surprise so never invest as per the historical data instead study today's market read the historical data try and understand how the market has behaved in the past and also see what is happening in today's market and accordingly make decisions with your money so friends i hope you too go through this chapter the read that i have read and uh, take your own good decisions and uh, also learn to confront surprises and accordingly make changes practically into the way you are thinking and you the way you are form, formulating your investments so thank you and thank you for listening and see you in the next episode bye for now नमस्कार मित्रांनो ही वर्षा स्टेक आहे अँड इट्स सिम्पल सो ह्या एपिसोडमध्ये मी तुम्हाला धडा बारा द सायकोलॉजी ऑफ मनी या पुस्तकातला धडा बारा ज्याचं नाव आहे सरप्राईज तर इथे लेखकाने सांगितलेलं आहे की कधीही आपण भविष्याचं काहीही भविष्याबद्दल सांगू शकत नाही तर ते आपल्यासाठी एक मोठं सरप्राईज असतं आणि त्याच्यामुळे माणसानी नेहमीच तयार असावं भविष्यामध्ये येणाऱ्या फ्युचरसाठी प्रिपेअर्ड राहणं म्हणजे तयार राहणं हे गरजेचं आहे नाके त्याच्याबद्दल खूप काही आराखडे मांडणं तुम्ही हिस्ट्रीबद्दल म्हणजे इतिहासाचा अभ्यास केला तर तुम्हाला मागे काय घडलं किंवा मागे कशा पद्धतीने मार्केटनी 
बिहेव केलं ते सगळं कळणार आहे पण पुढे जाऊन काय होणार आहे ह्याची कुणालाही ह्याचं कुणालाही ज्ञान नसू शकतं कारण कधीही काहीही सरप्राइजेस येऊ शकतात मग ते चांगले असतील किंवा वाईट असतील तुम्हाला कधीही कळू शकत नाही की कंपनी कशी चालणार आहे पुढे साधारण तुम्ही अंदाज घेऊ शकता त्याच्या त्याच्या मागच्या डेटावरनं किंवा त्यांनी आत्ता काय रिपोर्ट्स बनवलेत त्याच्यावरून त्यांनी कसा विचार केला आहे कंपनीच्या मॅनेजर्सनी किंवा मॅनेजमेंटनी किंवा ऑगजा ऑर्गनायझेशननी काही एक्सपान्शनचा विचार केला आहे का पुढे काही मोठी पावलं निर्णय घेणार आहेत का ते ह्याचा ते साधारण एक रिपोर्टवरनं आपण अंदाज बांधू शकतो पण प्रत्यक्षात काय होतं हे कोणालाही भविष्याबद्दलचं माहीत नसतं तर त्यामुळे लेखकाने म्हटलं आहे की नेहमी भविष्याच्या ज्या काय घडामोडी असतील भविष्यातल्या त्या गोष्टींसाठी त्याच्यामध्ये जे काय होणारे बदल आहेत ते सगळे अंदाज घेण्यासाठी तुम्हाला ॲक्च्युली त्या त्या निर्णयाची वाट बघावी लागते किंवा जे काय घडतं त्या गोष्टींची वाट बघावी लागते त्याच्याशिवाय आपल्याला कळू शकत नाही इवन द इंटेलिजंट इन्व्हेस्टरचे जे लेखक आहेत ग्रहॅम बेंजमिन ग्रहॅम त्यांनी पण जेवढे केवढे फॉर फॉर्म्युला इंटेलिजंट इन्व्हेस्टरमध्ये बनवलेत ते प्रत्येक पाच वर्षांनी जेव्हा त्यांनी एक नवीन एडिशन पुस्तकाचं नवीन एडिशन काढलं त्याच्यामध्ये त्यांनी फॉर्म्युला बदललेत कारण का तर मार्केट हे बदललेलं आहे त्या तेवढ्या काळात आणि त्यांनी त्यांच्या अनुभवाचं ते पुस्तक आहे किंवा त्यांनी ज्या फॉर्म्युलानी पैसे कमवले निवेश केला इन्व्हेस्टमेंट्स केले ह्याच्याबद्दलचं ते पुस्तक असल्या कारणाने जे घडून गेलं आहे त्याच्यावरती त्यांनी फॉर्म्युले बनवलेत जे घडणार आहे त्याच्यावरती त्यांनी फॉर्म्युले बनवू शकले नाही कारण शक ते शकू ते तसं करूच शकत नाही तर मार्केट जसं बिहेव होत गेलं किंवा कंपनीज जसा ज जे काय वे वेगळ्या वेगळ्या घडामोडी होत गेल्या त्याप्रमाणे त्यांनी त्यांचे फॉर्म्युले बदलले आणि पैसा बनवला तर त्यामुळे प्रत्येकाने लक्षात घ्यावं की हिस्टॉरिकल म्हणजे इतिहासातला जुन्यातला जो काही डेटा आहे त्याचा अभ्यास जरूर करावा पण त्याच्यावरून भविष्य कसं असणार आहे ते ठरवणं योग्य नाही तर तुम्ही अभ्यास केल्यामुळे पूर्वीचा इतिहासाचा अभ्यास केल्यामुळे तिथले फिगर्स त्याचं सगळं गणित शिकून घेतल्यामुळे तुम्ही प्रिपेअर्ड राहू शकता तुम्ही तयार तयारी करू शकता भविष्यामध्ये येणाऱ्या ज्या कुठल्या वेगळ्या वेगळ्या घडामोडी आहेत त्याच्यासाठी आपण कशा पद्धतीने आपल्याला स्वतःला ते त्याला सामोरं जाऊ शकतो आणि स्वतःला त्याच्यामध्ये ढाळून घेऊ शकतो हे जाणण्याकरता आपण इतिहासाचा अभ्यास करतो ना की आपण भविष्याबद्दलचं काही वर्तवण्याकरता आपण इतिहासाचा अभ्यास करू करू शकण शकत नाही कारण भविष्य हे आपल्याला नेहमी नेहमी सरप्राइजेस देत असतं तर ते इतिहास आपल्याला नेहमी फक्त अभ्यास करून सक्षम होण्याकरता प्रत्येक सिच्युएशन कशी वेगळ्या पद्धतीने हाताळली गेली होती पूर्वीच्या काळामध्ये आपल्या पास्टमध्ये ते आपल्याला शिकवतं किंवा ते आपल्याला सांगतं आणि त्याप्रमाणे आपल्याला ते तयार करतं की पुढेसुद्धा अशा बदल असे घडामोडी येऊ शकतात आणि आपल्याला त्याप्रमाणे त्याची वाटचाल करत पुढे जावं लागणार आहे तर या धडा हा धडा जरूर ऐका तुम्ही आणि 
तुम्ही स्वतः पण विचार करा की आपण कशा पद्धतीने पुढे वाटचाल करायला पाहिजे आणि कधीही मागच्या डेटावरनं भविष्याची वर्तवणूक किंवा भविष्य ठरवू नका हे लेखकाने नमूद केलं आहे आणि तो खूपच महत्त्वाचा मुद्दा आहे या धड्यातला सो तुम्ही वाचल्यानंतर तुम्ही स्वतःचं मत पण निर्माण करा आणि त्या पद्धतीने तुमचा निवेश ठरवा पैसा पैशांचा विनियोग पण त्या पद्धतीने करा सो धन्यवाद माझा हा एपिसोड ऐकल्याबद्दल आणि पुढच्या एपिसोडमध्ये आपण लवकरच भेटूया थँक्यू धन्यवाद